Chapter 5 of From Slave Cabin to Pulpit by Peter Randolph. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 5 Church Work. Among the first things I did after arriving in Boston was that of looking after my church connection. In Virginia, I was a member of the Baptist Church, and naturally enough, on coming here, I sought to identify myself with that society. I found a body of brethren worshipping in a hall on Belknap Street, now Joy Street. They were about fifteen in number and were being supplied by Leonard A. Grimes. Myself and most of my companions, who were professing Christians, joined this small body. Soon after, a council was called, and our society was regularly organized and called the Twelfth Baptist Church. Reverend Mr. Grimes was properly ordained and called to the pastorate of the new church. The history of this church and its distinguished pastor is well known to the older citizens of Boston because of the prominence of both church and pastor in the early anti-slavery struggles. I feel sad when I stop to recount that I am the only living survivor of that original body. I was licensed as a Baptist preacher by the above-named church and continued my membership with them but went out working for and laboring with other churches and telling the story of my bond brethren in the south i felt that god had called me from slavery to freedom and from spiritual darkness to soul liberty for a purpose and that a part of my work was to remember and help those in bonds as if bound with them in eighteen fifty two i visited st john new brunswick as a missionary for the purpose of preaching and helping the colored people in that vicinity who had gone from the states about this time the fugitive slave law was in operation this law was a terror and brought untold suffering to the colored people especially those who had escaped from slavery many were pursued hounded down and carried back into slavery during this reign of terror not a few colored people left the states and sought protection under the british crown in canada while in st john and vicinity i visited lake loma a colored settlement this was a colony that had been settled and fostered under the auspices of the queen during the war of eighteen twelve between england and the united states slaves from the south made their escape under british protection and many of them were quartered at this place at the time I visited them, I found that they had made little or no progress from an educational point of view, though they had been there fifty years. This was probably due to the fact that prior to this time they had had no schools. After this, schools were furnished them by the British government, and the improved development was clearly seen. I will here relate a little incident that will illustrate their meager surroundings arrangements were made that i should preach for them three times on the sabbath but i was urged to stay and preach on monday morning also i consented providing the service would close in time to allow me to catch the ten o'clock stage this was the mail stage and the only public conveyance for traveling coming twice a week providence seemed to order it otherwise than i intended for just as i had commenced my sermon along came the stage about nine o'clock of course i gave up the idea of leaving then and continued through the whole service it was a magnificent sight to see such a large congregation out on monday morning to divine service just as though it was sunday they seemed to enjoy my visit and sermons and many outward manifestations were given showing the favorable impressions 
naturally enough after the service i was a little anxious about how i should get back to st john a distance of seventeen miles the brethren were not slow in coming to my assistance in this matter though i must admit the conveyance was a slow one namely an ox team now the ox is a valuable animal and distinguished for his strength but he is not to be counted on for rapidity especially in catching a train this was doubtless the best they had and i accepted and marched on after they had carried me a part of the journey i decided that i could travel faster than the oxen accordingly i put my feet in the path and arrived at st john about six p m i was hungry as a tramp and needed no persuasion to eat i was disappointed in my visit to st john therefore my work there was not very satisfactory to me i had always cherished the idea that when i stood on british soil i should leave behind me the miserable race prejudice and hate but to my surprise i found this state of things as bad in canada as in the states and it may have appeared to me worse because i was not looking for it the word nigger with taunting insults seemed to meet me at every turn the boys and young men would sing out hello nigger there's a nigger from the states and other such epithets i noticed that the class that was always ready to hurl at me these insults wore worse clothes than i did this was a source of gratification to me and besides i had heard so much about the excellent people in the british provinces that i came dressed in my best to the credit of the good people i must say that it was not the better class that insulted me but the worst for i found in this vicinity many of the best of people who were sympathetic and were true friends of the colored race but the diabolical system of slavery had made its influence felt even in the british territory and there were those who were ready to look upon the colored man only as a bondman after my short missionary tour to st john and vicinity i took the boat for boston on my arrival i was taken suddenly ill and confined to my bed for three weeks but finally i was restored to health and went on with my work while speaking of my religious work and experience i will also note a few habits and customs of the times in connection with the same in these times of which i speak it was not customary for a colored preacher to address a white congregation various were the views maintained by the white people relative to the colored man some said that he was not a member of the human family others that he was void of a moral and intellectual nature a large number thought he had little or no right to speak in a religious meeting here is a simple illustration of the point in view i was invited by a brother minister to preach for his congregation which was then worshipping in milk row somerville massachusetts in a hall i reluctantly accepted the invitation and on the sunday an hour arranged put in my appearance one of the congregation a teamster by occupation when he saw me enter inquired of the pastor who was going to preach he remarked that rev peter randolph a colored preacher from boston would occupy the pulpit the aforesaid gentleman felt insulted took his hat and departed saying that he did not care to hear that nigger preach after the introductory services were over i had taken my text and was about entering upon my discourse when in came my offended brother and took a seat where he could look me right in the face my text was behold old things are passed away and all are become new my theme being the new birth 
at the close of the services he was asked how he liked the sermon his answer was that he was happily disappointed it was quite evident that this man full of prejudice could not tell how far a toad would hop by looking at his size i preached also in the afternoon and this same brother was present and seemed to enjoy the sermon as well as any one my text was taken from nehemiah i am doing a great work and cannot come down i tried to show the disadvantages under which the children of israel labored in rebuilding the walls of jerusalem and how important it was for them to stick to the work i did not then know the condition of the society i was addressing but was afterward informed that they were on the eve of disbanding i also learned that they were much encouraged by what i had to say to them and they resolved to continue together the church became one of the largest in somerville i simply speak of this to show the wonder-working power of god his ways are not our ways they are past finding out man says can any good thing come out of nazareth but god brings it out and takes the weak and foolish things to confound the great he is no respecter of persons but a discerner of the heart and purposes of men in dorchester where i was invited to preach i had a similar experience to that at somerville a strong objection to hearing the negger preacher this may be added also that the objector did finally hear me and it is the last sermon he heard on earth for he was taken sick and died shortly after his illness i was informed of this by the pastor who invited me to preach and he made the remark that it was the last sermon this man heard before going to the judgment my subject on that occasion was the boundless love of god and how true it is my readers that we must all appear before the judgment seat of christ and render our account certainly if we are to meet the approbation of god we must go along the way of the golden rule recognizing all men as brothers and doing unto them as we would have them do unto us think you that this man who did not want to hear me preach but who heard his last sermon on earth from me will refuse to meet me at the judgment on account of my color something i had nothing to do with i am thankful to say that this unpleasant state of things which existed forty-five years ago is now numbered with the past since then i have preached in many white congregations where i believe all heard me gladly in connection with my early ministry i would also mention plymouth massachusetts with its historic memories it was here where the pilgrim fathers landed and established those principles which like the solid rock on which they stood have defied the test of the centuries and extended throughout the length and breadth of this great nation may these principles ever live and like those emanating from the impregnable rock of ages produce results that shall be for the blessing of humanity plymouth like many other places i have visited and labored in is not without its incidents while here i was invited to make one of a party of four to attend a sunday service at monument pond when we arrived the congregation had assembled but they had no preacher the white brethren in my party said here is a colored preacher why not hear him accordingly i was prevailed upon to preach the people there had never heard a colored preacher and their curiosity was at a high pitch though i was somewhat of a novelty to them they received my message and the meeting was declared a success at eel river i had what i may call a slip-up whether the name of the river had anything to do with my misfortune i am not prepared to say 
i was unexpectedly called upon to preach for a white congregation and when i got into the pulpit i could not find my text my situation can better be imagined than described on going home after the service i tried to describe my feelings and the circumstance of losing my text the remark of my friend was why we would not have known it if you had not spoken of it while carrying on a series of meetings in the little chapel at plymouth i preached on the subject of eternal punishment there were a few in my audience who took issue with me on the subject and we had a discussion which lasted nearly three days they holding to the soul-sleeping doctrine and i to the conscious existence of the soul one of my hearers was so well pleased with my argument that he made me a present of a valuable commentary on the new testament after the discussion i met my main antagonist who was a clergyman and put to him another question on the subject he said i will answer you as the slave answered his master the master had been converted and while reading in the epistles of paul he came across something he did not understand and asked his slave about it the slave wanted to know how long he had been reading the bible and he said about three weeks and you have got so far as that already go back to the beginning and read up to that point and you will understand it better in this allusion my opponent acknowledged his deficiency on the subject in eighteen fifty six i was called to take charge of a small struggling church in new haven connecticut at a salary of two hundred dollars a year at this time i was doing very well in boston in the way of taking care of myself and family but feeling that this was the ordering of god i accepted hoping that i might be a humble instrument in his hands of doing some good among my people i found the society in a deplorable condition and much discouraged they reminded me of the vision of ezekiel in the valley of dry bones their views of baptist doctrine and church government was much confused after much work and preaching the dry bones seemed to get back into place and shape the brethren not at heart baptist thought there was no need of a baptist church in that vicinity but we thought otherwise and pushed along that line though i had taken charge of the church i was not ordained and could not perform the full duties of a pastor the church urged my ordination and i was ordained at williamsburg now brooklyn new york a regular council was called according to the baptist rule and the ordination took place in the church of which rev l a black was pastor rev mr berg an englishman was the chairman of the council among the other members were rev sampson white and rev mr herring after my ordination at williamsburg i returned to new haven with all the qualifications of a regular baptist pastor i realized what was before me and raised up the regular baptist banner i preached sermons on the subject of baptism prepared a special sermon on my reasons for being a baptist and invited my outside brethren to hear it i tried to emphasize the great commission and our saviour's command and that as his followers we had no right to change that command a methodist brother who was present in speaking said that he agreed with me that we had no right to change the command of christ much interest was aroused by this opposition and some of the methodist pastors had to baptize by immersion some of their members to keep them i will here speak of a noticeable incident in this line at one of my meetings a candidate presented himself for membership and wanted to be immersed after hearing his experience the question was asked would he comply with the baptist conditions of membership 
he intimated that he was not ready to do so thereupon i refused to baptize him he went to a methodist minister and he agreed to perform the rite the methodist brother who was better known as father spence arranged to immerse this candidate on the same sunday that i was to baptize there was a large crowd present in all kinds of vehicles and boats i had led the way and buried beneath the liquid grave those who had given evidence of their faith in christ and thus professed him before the world then came in father spence with his one candidate this was a new departure for him and his timidity was evident he raised his hand and said i baptize thee etc and plunged the man under the wave for some reason or other he lost his hold and his candidate was struggling for dear life and came near getting drowned the people regarded this unsuccessful attempt as a special judgment against the methodist preacher after this i had but little trouble about my baptist views after serving the church in new haven for one year i was compelled to resign my charge on account of pecuniary circumstances as the church was not able to support a pastor the sentiment of the church was much against my leaving but i could not remain and returned again to boston i am pleased to say that my stay in new haven was not without evidence of good both to the people and to myself i had a splendid opportunity to attend the lectures given at yale college and availed myself of them so i departed from new haven richer in knowledge and experience if in nothing else i was not in boston very long before i received another call from a church in newburgh new york this was a beautiful little town on the hudson river near west point distinguished for its relics and as being one of the main points of operation used by general george washington in the revolutionary war it was in the year of eighteen fifty eight that i received this call and settled as pastor over the church at newburgh the condition of the flock was similar to that in which i found the church in new haven with this addition however they seemed to be of dutch origin and peculiarities and were destitute of what most colored people needed at that time and even now an education the non-progress of my people in this country is due to the fact that they are not educated the confused state and condition of the colored people in newburgh prevented the growth and development of the spiritual fruit that one had a right to look for it was my duty to faithfully sow the seed that another might reap the desired harvest this i endeavored to do to the best of my ability and leaving the result with him who knows all things i have no remarkable incidents to relate during my stay in this place save one or two i was invited on one occasion to preach for a brother minister when i arrived at his meeting-house i found it crowded with both white and colored people the former being mostly young men the crowd had come together doubtless expecting to have what they call a good time after a little while the pastor whispered to me saying there has been an announcement made that a sermon would be preached here on the great day of judgment he wanted to know from me if i could preach on that subject i told him it was quite a short notice but i thought i could do so anyway i would try he went on with the preliminary part of the service and at the time for the sermon i arose and stepped forward with my text the great day of his wrath has come and who shall be able to stand as i was getting along in the midst of my sermon i noticed quite a number of the white young men who came looking for fun leaving 
as they did not see anybody jump up or falling over the benches they were doubtless disappointed and took their departure i afterward learned from one of his members that the pastor did not have the best motive in view in forcing me to take this subject without a moment's notice many however pronounced the sermon good and some dated their conversion to the same in this incident i was reminded of that scripture where it says that god causes the wrath of men to praise him i shall never forget my visit to snake hill which is just three miles from newburgh the origin of the name seems to be founded on fact as tradition gives it it is reported that on a certain day a big show was in town and most of its curiosities consisted of snakes the authorities of the town ordered that these reptiles should be loosed, and they found their home in the hill that afterward assumed the name. On the day that I visited this mountain in company with others, these reptiles probably had concealed themselves in the caves, for not many were visible. The most interesting thing to me on this mountain was the heavy black cloud which seemed about to burst on us at any moment we did not get any of the shower while on the mountain but when we came down we found it had rained considerable this taught one the lesson that it was one thing to be on the mountain another thing to be in the valley on one occasion i happened in the courthouse here and was conversing with a white man on the subject of religion when another informed me if i had anything to do with politics i would soon find myself in the jail he may have said this in the way of a joke but in those times many a true thing was said in a joke. In closing, I may say this about Newburgh, that I have nothing to regret relative to my stay there. I had many warm friends and pleasant remembrances of the place. End of chapter 5